Welcome, welcome everyone to the Simon Dan podcast, the place where science and conspiracy collides. It's episode 22. We are back. I hope you enjoyed last week. Um, we really did. It was it was a really, really good discussion. Uh, I learned a little bit and I think, I hope Carl learned a bit as well. Um, but anyway, he's back again. Joining me once again, my little co-host. He is so committed to his football team, Blackburn Rovers, that he only ever eats the blue M&Ms. It's Cats. How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm all right. And there, and there it is, that jingle again. Yep. It's fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, blue M&Ms, mate. You know, they're the ones that send you a bit loopy. Maybe that, that explains, yep, that explains a lot. It could be, yeah. It could be. But, um, I mean, we won't talk about football because I'll be here for the rest of the night with what's going on at the moment. But um, mm. how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm I'm doing uh, doing really well. I've had a good week. You've had a very uh, good on my week. channel this week. Yeah, You've had a very good week. Out. So so anyone who doesn't know, um, Katz has uh, hosted a, a, a live stream and he released a video, and it's quite a well known flat earther. Uh, he went by the name of Ranty, and he is now no longer a flat earther, is he? Not at all. Not at all. And uh, you know, I wish I could say that I had something to do with it. A lot of people, just to clarify, there's a lot of people out there saying. Uh, you know, what did I say to him to convince him or anything like that? But actually, I didn't say anything. Um, he brought the evidence to me and asked me to analyze it after he analyzed it himself and concluded it meant curvature. And and uh, he took it to other people, but he did all the work himself, came to the conclusion himself and then showed us a photograph. So, uh, yeah, yeah, nice work. Yeah, it, it was it was very good. I mean, you had a big hand in it because you obviously brought it to everyone's attention and... and uh... <laughs> He was you were someone he could confide in as well, weren't you? Well, we get on. We we do run, uh, you know, have our own like little podcast we do together and stuff. And I've got to know him a little bit more over the past few weeks, which has been good. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual knuckling down, finding the image, doing the analysis, it, it was it was all it was all him. It was nice to be able to be the one whose channel it was announced on, though. I, I was proud of that. That was yeah. Good. I bet. I bet. No, it did really well, mate. And I think it's. I would say it's the biggest scalp yet isn't it in terms of someone coming back since since i've been around yeah. uh, i do believe there were some people before my time i, I don't know who yeah. tiger dan was yeah, a lot I of people speak like yeah. he was a big guy and... yeah same i wasn't really sure uh on who he was but um but yeah i think i know seek truth speak truth was quite relatively big one because he made flat videos and and he wasn't mm. but he hadn't been around as long as ranty had been around has he as a flat no. earther so uh so yeah well done mate that's uh, hopefully it's the first domino and and we get a few more i know someone uh brenda said that someone else in nathan oakley's circle is is starting to doubt things as well i think off the back of it um well so. that's a hopeful thing a lot of, a lot of people put a lot of trust in in rantina grew a channel you know yeah. five thousand subscribers he had a lot of patrons he had a lot of uh he had a lot of support from people that really bought into what he said and and those people that still have faith in him hopefully we'll think oh hang on he's now come out and said he was wrong yeah. you know hopefully got, yeah. yeah hopefully yeah. It's, good, it's good news it's, it's good news all mm -hmm. around on that front anyway right this week we've got a guest that holds a direct opposite opinion to last week's guest he is a massive space travel enthusiast and goes by the name of matt or formerly the casual spaceman welcome and thanks for joining us are you all right buddy I'm very well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Dan. Appreciate uh, it. And, and cats. Absolute you. pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So you you did quite a bit, didn't you, uh, uh, on YouTube uh, about a year now? You've you've not been doing it. 
Yeah, about um, yeah, it's going to be a good year, uh, and I'm just starting to make a comeback. I'm going to be uh, rebranding and stuff like that. So yeah, he did, did all kinds of different things of uh, related to space travel, including anything from you know a, you know from the Apollo program all the way up to uh, you know the present age. Yeah, yeah, you did a lot of stuff, didn't you? Um, yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> so, um, what what was it that actually got you first interested in spaceflight then? Because you you do a lot of stuff on it, don't you? Um, well, actually, it goes back quite a long way. Actually, I mean, there's a there's a little bit of a story to it. Actually, to be okay. honest with you, and I, I I can't even remember it to this day. I was about five or six years of age, and um, in my mum and dad's uh, dining room, um, there was this great big, huge uh, chest of drawers. Well, at five six years old, it probably probably looked huge to me anyway. Um, and in this bottom drawer, they had had this um, big uh, photo album. Um, and then uh, one day I took it open. I was looking through this fat album on the dining table, and then out fell this. Um, uh, it was the Life magazine from from the from the year from 1969. Oh, cool! Um, and it was all about um, the Apollo 11, and it was it was printed just before the mission actually started. Um, and they had uh, biographies on, on the astronauts and all the rest of it as well. And there's various newspaper clippings and all the rest of it. And then I asked my mum and dad a little bit more about it. And it kind of, I don't know, it just kind of went on from there, really. Um, and then got quite a lot of interest in it. And of course, at the time, it was all about, after the Apollo program, it was all about going to Mars. And then, yeah. of course, the, the uh, space shuttle program sort of put kit back to touch a little bit and it kind of all fizzled out. So over the years, I kind of, my interest kind of fizzled out a little bit and then sort of recent years my you know sort of start peaking my interest a little bit more because nasa was getting a little bit more proactive yeah they were talking about mars and of course all of a sudden artemis you yeah. know springs up and of course you know it's a blowing up again so my kind of dream of you know seeing men on mars has actually been reinvigorated a little bit so uh, yeah that's kind of kind of how it all, all started really so yeah. cool so so what made you decide to do something on youtube about it um well, that's partly something to do with you, Dan, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, I, 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 I genuinely didn't know that, everyone, I promise you. <laughs> well, it, it, was, it was a few people, to be fair. It yeah. was, um, I, I was, I can't remember what it was. I think, I think it was, a, 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 originally it was on Facebook. Okay. And uh, I was on a group that talked about space travel and this kind of thing. And somebody mentioned about Flat Earth and I didn't really realize. I thought perhaps I had, I'd heard that perhaps there was a few people that believed the earth was flat and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I think somebody posted one of your videos. Okay. Um, so I, I clicked on it and kind of watched it. And I, I couldn't believe that people still thought the earth was flat. And then I got, began to realize that actually it was, it was a little bit of a bigger movement than I originally yeah. thought, to be yeah. honest with it. It wasn't the, um, uh, it wasn't the gate video, was it? It was, that was shared. No, actually, no, it wasn't. Oh, it okay. wasn't. It was. I don't can't remember what it was, but actually, that was probably about the second or third video that I actually watched. Oh, okay. Um, and I think at the time it hadn't. I don't think it actually peaked to the kind of level that it had that it actually got to at that time. But it just kind of snowballed from there, didn't it? it went yeah, it took, it took about a week that one to to, yeah, to kick yeah, off. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think I'd probably seen it after about the first or second or third day that you oh, okay, posted cool, it. I think. Cool. Um, and then, you know, I got, got to know a few other um, people, then kind of went on to Creaky Blinder and Cats came along and it kind of went on from there, really. And I kind of got involved in, and then I saw a few debates about um, the Apollo program, the moon landings and all that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, it kind of, then I thought, well, you know, if somebody like you or Cats or whatever can make videos, and I thought, 
why don't I do something and do something related to, you know, what I'm interested in really. So that's, it's, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of how it all came about. Absolutely. Came I always say, if I can do it, I, I'm like one of them. I was one of the most average people at tech you'll ever meet. You know, I know a little <laughs> bit, but I know there's a lot that I don't know. And if I can do it, then anyone can do oh, it. It's, you I, can pick it up. I tell you what, though. I mean, I sound for like live broadcast for me has become a, uh, an enigma. Uh, it, it's, it still is to me. But actually, you know, you don't need uh, to make um, YouTube videos. You don't need fancy equipment, really. You, no. can, you don't even need a camera, really. You can no. make YouTube videos without you even without a camera. So, uh, yeah, so anybody can do it, really. I, I remember watching some of Katz's first uh, GCSE and Able Science videos um when you first you remember that channel with the first channel was yeah, yeah yeah and you did like yeah, yeah, one yeah, i think yeah. you did them when you're in your class didn't you in your in your teaching class i did some in the classroom i did uh yeah i did some around the school and and funny you should say about not needing a camera i i used a phone i still do i still use a mobile phone i still don't have a camera hey i when i first started i had a camera that uh, uh sorry a phone that was um elastic band to a candle so it would stay upright <laughs> and then I balanced that on a tripod and I filmed like most of the first six months of videos on that. That's how I did it. It's embarrassing. Oh, now we know. Now it's we know you're letting out your secrets now. Oh. <laughs> um, so you, you gen, I mean, from what I saw when you, when you were around quite a lot, you genuinely covered almost anything. So you know, I've seen you do launches. Um, you cameoed yeah. on one of my videos, didn't you? When we were debunking yeah. some moon landing deniers. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favourite thing to cover on space? Um, I think really is is more to do with the future now. Now, okay. um, you know, Project Artemis is coming up and all the rest of it, and you have got the likes of SpaceX. Um, I think it's more to do with that now. To be honest with you, because um, as I said before, you know, it's since I was a kid, you know, that it was always in the nineteen seventies and eighties. It was all talk about Mars, you know, yeah. going to Mars. I'm not 100% sure whether I'll, in my lifetime, I'll still see, you know, boots, you know, walking on the surface of Mars. I'm not 100% sure about that. But, you know, at least it's a big, right? At least we're going to be uh, going back to the moon. I mean, that would be fantastic just to see that and, you know, building up uh, an infrastructure on the surface of the, of, of the moon as well. It, it's, um, a, it's a definite possibility, you know. isn't it, in our lifetime to see yeah. that? Mm. I would say. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, kind of more to the future is what the, my my channel is going to be concentrating. It's going to be, it'll be a little bit more niche. Um, I'm kind of giving away things. I wasn't. I, <laughs> I promised myself I wasn't going to tell too many until it launched. Um, well, but, yeah, that's that's going to be the kind of like the main, you know, towards the future, you know, yeah. rather than yeah. the past. And okay, the cool. So you're still going to do launches and stuff? Um, probably not. Okay. Probably not, um, unless it's something significant, significant like um, maybe the SLS um, uh, test launches. Sure. Okay. Um, probably, um, but other beyond that, there's there's a lot of people doing it. Um, to be honest with you, and I, I was finding that the the effort that I put into and the views that I was getting on on actually while I was doing it live really wasn't worth the effort um then just putting a video together and then adding a bit of critique and my own analysis and stuff like that is probably a better way to go forward so that's probably what i'll do so there okay. won't be many many live shows to be honest with I, you. I have to agree with you on that i find i don't know what you how you or your experience of it is cats but uh i always find live shows they do get less views they do get less interaction than your pre-recorded videos i don't know if that's a, th a thing with youtube or whatever um but I get. I don't know. I, I I can't figure it out because if I do a live a live that's say an hour long, that will 
I, I mean, it'll get a, a certain amount of views. But if I release a pre-recorded within that first hour, I would get more three, four, five times more views than I would on the live. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, say, I think the thing with a live stream is, uh, and I have this, so I don't know whether other people do, but if, if there's a live stream, part of the enjoyment of watching a live stream is the fact that you can interact with the chat, yeah. you know, maybe send some messages to the creators, etc. And that... So while a live stream is on, it's great. But when a live stream is finished, it's almost like, oh, I've missed that opportunity now. And 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 I tend not to go back and watch live streams after the finish because of that. I don't know yeah. how you feel. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, possibly there are a few that I have done on that. And that's normally where they've had, they've had like a really engaging thumbnail or the topic in, in question is something I really want to see or, or whatever. Or a lot of the time, I, I've got this... So this is one of my uh, guilty pleasures. Um, if someone like Man United lose, right, I then will that later that night I will go on to the Man United fan channel and watch the guy raging at Man United losing live from the live stream, and it's it's humorous to me. I don't know why. <laughs> is it because he's is it because he's angry? Is because it's Man United? Uh, well, uh, I'll do it with anyone. If it's you know Arsenal, Arsenal Football Club TV. They'll 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 go mental. The Tottenham TV they go mental. It's just it's just funny watching them lose it about their own team losing. Uh, I think I think I think some of it's got to do with a bit um, you know a bit with the the character of the person that's doing it. Because yeah. if you look at the look at the likes of um, Tim Dobbs, the every everyday astronaut, I mean he, he gets massive um, views on his um, customer yeah. live launches and stuff like that. Um, I mean he's got the ability just to keep talking and talking and talking. And I found that I don't really have that kind of charisma and ability to do it so i think that's partly to do with it you know people will get drawn into somebody that can really sure. present and talk and keep the flow going and all the rest of it and he's got um, he's got people behind him helping him and it's that behind yeah. the scenes as well which is a, you know is a massive thing look obviously we don't we don't have that kind of luxury so uh yeah I think, I think that's got a lot to do with it but yeah i don't i probably won't do that a huge amount i might do it the odd time i don't know okay we'll just cool. see see how things go see how um things you, go. you mentioned the artemis mission i am woefully behind on the details of that where are we at with that the artemis mission um well not a massively way forward i mean there's been a few announcements recently um you might have seen the news that um spacex have been awarded the um yeah. opportunity to uh, for the, the actual lander to actually land on the moon. Okay. Um, so that's kind of kind of a fairly new thing. Not only that, SpaceX were also awarded actually this going back last year with with um, uh, launching the parts of the um, uh, of the gateway, the, the lunar um, space station. Okay. They're going to be doing that, so they're going to be playing a huge part of that. So they've got obviously they've got the funding for the for that plus. Um, the, the the lander section as well. It, it kind of came a bit of a surprise, really, because um, Blue Origin, uh, Jeff Bezos' um, uh, addition for that was looked a little bit more realistic. Because if you look at the size of, of Starship, which is what SpaceX are proposing to use, yeah, um, it, it's huge. It's a massive thing. <laughs> so it's going to look a bit. It's going to actually gonna look bigger than the than the, the than the Gateway. It's going to wow. look a bit okay. crazy. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's got its advantages because it's, um, you know, with, in terms of payload, it's huge. I mean, it's up to 100 tonnes. Um, wow, okay. But, you know, I don't know. It just seems a little bit overkill. So yeah. what else is going on? Um, SLS last month had a, had its, um, had a test, a green, what they call a green run, run test. Static fire, if you like, but okay. for the full 
uh, first stage mission, if you like, for eight minutes. It yep. ran for eight minutes, 15 seconds. They got that. That was successful. Okay. Um, the previous month in January, they they had a failure. I think it, it burned for about a minute before it shut down. There was a component fail on one of the engines, apparently. Um, what else? Um, Orion is still being tested, and that seems to be uh, reasonably on schedule. But as we know, all know that SLS has been going on for quite a long time now and it's it's getting a bit of a kick up the butt but it seems still seems painfully slow but yeah um, contracts have been awarded to different parts of the gateway um like esa awarded the contract to for the uh, service module for the orion spacecraft okay which will take mental moves as well and also i think they're going to be doing the power and um uh module of the gateway as well um so yeah things like that but in terms of physical stuff, we're really everybody's just really watching um, okay. SLS and Orion at the moment. So it's, but, tick, it's ticking along. It's ticking yeah, along. It's yeah, it's ticking along. We've okay. got the first um, Artemis test is actually due in November. We're going cool. to be launching from Kennedy Space Center. And um, when we do when we do put people inside, how many are we sending in on each trip? Two, I think, initially. Okay, will be the initial landing. Um, NASA has said that one of those two is going to be um, a woman. Okay. So we might see the next person uh, that would boots on the on the lunar surface as a woman. Brilliant. I don't see any reason why not, personally, because oh, um, no. what we've had twelve men so far. My running coach will be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, two initially. I'm not sure what's after that at all. I mean, the the spacecraft I think can hold three or four, I believe. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah. And and where are we at with civilians? Is there any? How close are we with civilians? Do you think? <sighs> well. There's various contracts uh, with obviously with SpaceX want to do that. Right. Uh, Blue Origin were talking about that. Virgin, I think that's quite a long way off. I think to be okay. honest with you, because um, I mean, using astronauts is is a certain uh, a risk to, even to a certain extent. So you know, it needs to be as safe really yeah. as as flying an aircraft. Flying, yeah, it really does, and okay. I think we're. A good number of years away from that yet, I think. Sure, yeah. A good long way from that. Um, and what about Mars? How close are we? Uh, how far away are we from Mars, do you reckon? For, pe- for people. We've got a long way to go. Long, long way to go. Um, I mean, it's good that we're getting this boost and they're really working towards it. I think yeah. once we get um, infrastructure on the moon, um, that would you know, be a massive help. Um, but there's so many challenges to overcome before we see humans on mars but, I mean, um, most of those challenges though are going to involve the the trip aren't they in terms of actually yeah. getting on the surface it's probably mm-hmm. quite similar to the moon because it's a similar sized body isn't it well you, well you've got an atmosphere and yeah. obviously gravity to contend with on mars i mean it's the atmosphere is obviously yeah as we know is a lot thinner than, than yeah. earth um but you've got that to contend with as well um, but yeah, it's the length of time when we are talking about what seven months, six, yeah. seven months to, to get there. And of course, as we know, Mars comes around closest to, to, to earth or every, every other year. Um, so, you know, you're going to be looking really that they need to be on the surface probably, probably for a couple of years. Um, so we need to be looking at water. We need to be looking at oxygen. We need to be, you know, looking at food, how they're going to sustain them in terms of food um what what is how it's going to affect uh, physiologically because obviously there's zero gravity on the way there uh reduced gravity on mars and then coming back so you're probably looking at somebody that's going to be coming back to earth after three four years possibly yeah 
Um, you know, you're talking about uh, radiation over that period of time. Oh, there's so many things, yeah. so many things to overcome. And I think I can't see it happening before 2040. Um, at a push, you might see it 2041 or 2043, maybe. Okay. But you know that's at a push. Yeah. Um, Long time. So I'll be I'll be in my 70s by then. So yeah, it'd be it'd be wonderful. Awesome to see. So if it, so, let me ask you both this then. If so with, let's say there's no family commitments or family ties, you were offered the chance, would you go? No. 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 no? Oh, no, no family ties. No family ties, no commitments. If you'd asked me that 30 years ago, <clears throat> uh, 20, 25, 30 years ago, I probably would have said yes, but I'd probably not to stay, but certainly to come back. Yeah. So, Cats, you know, definitely no. If, the, if there was a way back, yeah. yeah. You know, if, yeah, yeah. if it was a one, then definitely. But if it was a, a one way, then you've got to stay and live, then no. If it was a yeah. uh, what was it? What's the uh, what's the film? The Martian, isn't it? If it was, a, did he get back in the Martian? I can't remember. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, yeah, great film. What was the one? Red yeah. Planet. Was it Red Planet? The one where they all died? Uh, don't know. Can't remember. Sure. Are we just spoiling the end of films for people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on. No, no one's interested. Did you know in, in the films. Sixth Sense he was dead all along? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Now, if you, if you really, if you really want to see a, um, a movie, well, a series is, is simply called Mars. Oh yeah, is that National but, Geographic? Is it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I would, I would advise anybody to see that. It's really good. It's like a, it's like a docudrama, if you yeah. like. It's like a story they follow, oh, but cool. with interludes of documentary in between, and it's, it's really, really interesting. Oh, um, yeah, I've, I've been looking for something to, to, something new to watch actually. So watch it. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's two seasons of that. So yeah, def- definitely when you get time an hour cool. uh, here and there, then, cool. then, then watch it for sure. Yeah, good. good. Right. Okay. It's Cat's Curiosity time. Uh, so this is where Katz brings us a piece of science news that has interested him over the last week, and then we're going to have a chat about it. What have we got this time, buddy? Well, this uh, this week's Katz Curiosity is inspired by the devastating news last night that six of England's biggest football clubs are going to betray all the football fans and oh. walk away uh, to make lots and lots of dosh. Um, but we'll not talk about that. I, I wanted to do something about the science of football. Okay. Because it kind of inspired me to look back to happier days and my mind cast me back to the 2010 World Cup. And I don't know if you remember, but there was an absolute catastrophe with the Jabulani football at the, and I've probably pronounced that wrong, but the football that didn't seem to behave itself and all the players were unhappy and the ball was wobbling around and it was blamed for ruining matches, etc. Is this South Korea? This was uh, South Africa. South Africa, okay. And um, I thought, well, I'll look into the science of why that ball behaved so badly. And there's, there's a, a lot that's gone into that, excuse me. So the ball was designed by over a very, very long period of time by uh, people from universities in London and America. It was a huge sort of like multi-national uh, job to design this football. And rather than have an old football that had lots and lots and lots of, you know, interconnected patches and lots of seams, they went to get, get one as seamless as they possibly can, as close to a perfect sphere as they could. Okay. And the reason for that is seams over a football they create um, sort of like an asymmetric flow of air, which which can you, you know when fast flowing air is moving over um, one area, the pressure decreases, and it can cause a ball to do what we call knuckle, it knuckle can ball. swing yeah, yeah. in the air. Yeah, yeah. So like like those those little rubbish ones that you get that are, you kick on the beach. If I'm on the beach about two pounds and you kick them, they go everywhere. Yeah, Ronaldo does it, well, doesn't he? When he kick, when he hits the valve, he he can make it go all over the place, can't he? Yeah, he does that on purpose. So when you, when you kick a ball and there's no spin on it, you don't put the spin in it, that's where you get the maximum yeah. knuckle effect. Yeah. And he's really good at hitting it so clean. 
So they designed this football. They wanted to make it lighter. They wanted to make it faster. And they achieved all that. And they took the seams. Uh, basically, there was far, far less seams on this football than any other football. And they introduced their own kind of like grip and groove, I think they called it, um, mm. artificial seams in there to make it fly as true as possible. And it was all going really, really well until they took it to South Africa. And it, a lot of people accuse it for ruining the World Cup. <laughs> and... When I was looking at this, NASA, after the event, NASA did a study on the football to figure out what went wrong. Okay. Um, and what went wrong was this. All football's knuckle, this football did have some seams on it and the, the, the grooves that were put into it would, would cause it to knuckle. But what they didn't realize was the effect that would be had on the shape of the ball at higher altitude. Because when you took uh -huh. it to higher altitude with lower pressures on the outside, yeah. because the ball was designed to be a lot lighter, it affected its behavior, so it could be sweat. So any kind of knuckling motion would be uh, exaggerated. But also, the ball was like a late design. The ball had been used before for uh, different things. Obviously, it had been trialed. But this was like a fresh design. And this fresh design um, apparently would knuckle at its optimum amount when the ball got to about 50 to 55 miles an hour. And I didn't realize there was an optimum speed. The oh. old designs did it at about 30 miles per hour. Okay. And it just turns out that when a... a most players strike a football from distance or from a free kick. They're kicking it around about, about that, that 50, 55. Yeah. yeah. And that's why all these long range shots, because of the um, the, the lower pressure and the effect that had on the ball and the, this optimum kind of speed for knuckling, that's why the ball behaves so unpredictably. So there you go. Well, I made some bloody good goals though, wasn't it? From that. It was. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great for the spectator. Uh, <laughs> that's actually, I didn't realise there's that much. I, know, I mean, I knew they. They looked at, they developed balls and there was a lot of, went into it, but that is a lot of, the NASA thing as well is great. Mm -hmm. Love that. So was, like, was this, was this changing the ball and design? Was it, was it sanctioned by UEFA then? Was it the UEFA Bengal? Was it just FIFA. something? I mean, FIFA, wasn't it? FIFA, sorry. FIFA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, thing, the, the earlier designs of the ball had been used and they had been tested in wind tunnels to look at the, the flow, but it was, it was that op what they hadn't taken into account was the optimum speed where knuckling will happen because all of all of the tests it was outperforming other balls but then when you change the pressure and, and you got it at that speed it was just it was just like the perfect storm for bad behavior for that ball but it had been used in bundesliga matches um the older designs that knuckled at a lower speed so they were fairly confident going into it wow and uh, yeah. um that's actually I'll, I'll tell you what i've got a bit of a, a sporting slash science slash math challenge for you that you've got to try and solve before next week's episode, right? And right. Not, it's it's going to be hard to solve, but I want to, the, your best estimate, right? So this is the question. How many golf balls are in the air at any one time on Earth? Ooh. So you got you got a week. <laughs> what a question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would have to be on an average, wouldn't it? Surely. It would, it would, yeah, uh, I'd like you your, best, your best mathematical guess in terms of or your best mathematical average of how many golf balls are in there at any one second or any one time well, on, I, will break, I will break down the working out I will do that as a cast curiosity I'll break that down excellent next week right okay right let's crack on so Matt you've had the chance to listen to last week's episode with our, our moon landing denier friend uh, what did you think how did he do um, I think it was a, it was a really interesting character, actually. I mean, it, it was good to see sort of like a, a you know a, a discussion format rather than a debate. Yeah. Um, so in terms of that goes, I mean, he seemed a you know he seemed quite a nice character. I I can't help think I've come across him before somewhere, but I can't think 
where or, or how I've seen him, unless I've seen him in a video or in a debate or something. Or, yeah, but I don't honestly know, but it's just the accent and all the rest of it and his yeah. face kind of looks familiar. Um, in terms of the content, um, I think you probably already know it's nothing that we haven't seen before many, yeah. many, many times. You know, it's a bit like the flat earth arguments. They're, they were pretty old um, arguments, weren't they? Yeah, and these one these arguments are probably even older than that, going back to you know the late seventies and the eighties. Yeah, when all kind of the conspiracies about the moon landings first started. So, yeah, nothing, nothing we haven't seen before. But it, you know, it was it was a really good discussion, and I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, it I don't, great. I don't think it was disingenuous or anything. I think he he honestly he honestly has an issue, doesn't he, with it all? Um, but I did like how he tried linking things to to recent stuff with the with the um with the horizon. He tried linking it with the 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 Mars rover didn't he? And, Perseverance, and, yeah, yeah, yeah he and, did. and yeah, yeah. you know, and that was a that that to me is a genuine. He's having a genuine thought process there. Yeah, why is that like that and not like that? And he doesn't know yeah. why. So I think on that account, he probably bought that one, didn't he? Cats, would you say when we explain that to him? Yeah, I think so. I think and to be uh, that's one thing I did like about him when we did offer him our explanations or our version of the event. He did. Um, he did listen, you know, his gut reaction wasn't just to throw it out the window. He, yeah. You know, I'm sure we didn't convince him, but he, he had a good nature for that. He was happy to take correct, correction, criticism, whatever you call it. Yeah. There was some things that he said, I could, I could buy that. And there was some things that he said, I can't, I can't buy that, yeah. which is yeah. all you can ask for really, isn't it? For in that yeah. sort of discussion. I think, I think part of that though is because I mean, he's, he's a spiritual guy. Isn't he? <clears throat> yeah. Was he a Buddhist or something? Wasn't he? Uh, yeah, so I don't he, know. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, when you have people that have um, uh, um, a belief, spiritual beliefs, it's going to be very difficult to um, persuade them one way or the other anyway. Um, I mean, certain things you probably could to get, at least get them to sort of thinking about things. Um, but if it fundamentally goes against what they actually believe in terms of their spirituality, then, you know, that's going to be very difficult to to move in one way or the other. But um, but yeah, having said that, he, he seems he seemed quite um, open and amiable to what you know explanations yeah. you were actually given. I mean, the explanations you all gave were I couldn't have added anything to it at all. Were absolutely one hundred percent because, like I said, I think both of you heard and seen them all before anyway. So um, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't too difficult in that regard. But, well, well, uh, but it's still an interesting conversation. Funnily enough, one that I couldn't explain uh, was the one that you did for me with the where they talked about the wires. Um, and you said it was a reflection of the tiny antenna. Yes. And, uh, uh-huh. and I, I genuinely sat there thinking, what is that? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you and you picked it out perfectly. So, so that leads me on to, I mean, Katz and I talked about it briefly last time. Do you think there are any genuine arguments for this conspiracy theory, or is it always more of the same misunderstandings, anti-scientific dogma? Because we said that, that there sometimes are arguments where uh, they aren't anti-scientific ones, like, Kat's mentioned the flag waving like that that's a you know that's a genuine question isn't it like why is that flag waving and, and you can give a a, a a reasonable response but is there anything that is a genuine argument you think that people could possibly have a point with I, to be honest with you i mean all the arguments that i've seen is more to do with not necessarily um uh, scientific lack of scientific knowledge or even intelligence, but really just lack of knowledge yeah. and lack of understanding about certain things. Because, um, like the first argument was about, you know, why can't we see stars in the photographs? I mean, that was a, that's knowledge about um, photography. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance. So, 
I, I, I do understand why people have these questions. Um, what I, I kind of start becoming an, uh, getting a, a, an issue with is because when people hang on to one particular thing, um, for instance, can't see stars and stars in the photographs, therefore it didn't happen. Um, where you know there there might be just one or two things rather than looking at the bigger picture, and that's the same. I think it's the same problem, much the same with the flat Earth. Yeah. Um, so with the moon landings, it's, it's slightly different. I think with with flat Earth, with anti sort of flat Earth, if you've got a really good sound knowledge of, of science, it helps a great deal. Yeah. But not so much. In some cases, you do not so much with 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 moon landings. It's just understanding. Yeah. Like for instance, the 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 moonrise. Um, photographs that you showed there as well. There, there seems to be a, a misunderstanding about that. People were actually saying it was taken on the surface of the moon when it wasn't. It was no. in orbit, yeah. um, as you know, as we know. Um, so I, I, I can't think of any any ones that would say anything that would really sort of say that that's a good argument. Um, apart from maybe the closest, I guess, people come up with is about well. Um, in 1960s, NASA were well away from having the ability to to land on the moon. Okay, um, but they they pulled it off. I mean, I I, I can't get it um, because it was a massive leap of technology, but it did happen. But the reason why it happened is because they put huge resources, huge amounts of money into yeah. it. Yeah, um, with massive thousands of thousands of thousands of people, the best, the top scientists you possibly can, and you can pull it off. You know. Um, so I think that's probably about the only argument that I could really sort of say, yeah, I, I get it. I can understand why you think that, but once you break it down and analyze it a little bit more, it's just not okay. I, I see what you're saying on that one. It's like people, people might think it's a bit fishy that they were so miles away, but then all of a sudden yeah. they were just like pretty much there. Um, yeah, I, mean, there I, I mean, everything had to be invented for that. Yeah, know, to, of course. Yeah. To land on the moon, you know? So, yeah. There are a couple of things that, well, there was one thing I didn't understand and one thing that was quite humorous. So the, the one thing I didn't understand is why he kept going back to what happened with Werner von Braun and the whole history of it all and history of that guy. Cause to me that didn't, that was irrelevant into whether or not we landed on the moon. Yeah. He kept going back to it. Didn't he cats? He was, he was really adamant. He did. I think, like I said, the spiritual side you brought up before, I think that spiritual side of him, he really bought into the whole karma. Yeah. And uh, you know, if, if you got something bad involved, then something bad is happening. Something corrupt is happening. And, I don't know. That he, like I say, it was totally irrelevant to the yeah. to the actual discussion, but he he obviously brought a lot into that. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that made me laugh was that website that he picked that he uh, that he showed, and then you you had a look at it, and it said that the first thing you saw was that Michelle Obama fought for divorce. <laughs> I just I was cringing inside so hard, and he he just he just had a little smirk on his face, didn't he? Like ah oh, yeah, that's possibly uh, that's possibly a duff one that. <laughs> One of the one thing that actually made me smile a little bit is something that Kat said, and I think it was actually the very first photograph. And Kat said, "Yeah, I think we've seen that one one or two times before." Yeah. And it was kind of like, yes. <laughs> just, just one or two times. Yeah. That kind yeah. of made me smile a little bit. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what What's the most ridiculous argument you've heard in terms of the moon landing? Oh, well, not so much in terms of the moon landing, but in terms of the actual moon, the most ridiculous thing. You can't look any further than David Icke. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. he, he seems to be changing his mind about whether it's a hollow moon and it's a space station. Right. 
or um, it's a hologram. He keeps changing his mind, I think. If you look on his social media and if you look back far enough, one one minute there's there's sometimes he's saying it's a space station and the next he's saying it's a hologram. So, um, yeah, I think, well, you know, David Icke is... I genuinely don't... I don't understand how this guy's got followers. It baffles me. It's an enigma to me. I mean, you know, you you probably... We can all remember going back in that interview on Terry Wogan, you know, where it kind of... Almost where it all started when it was about him being the the son of God his claim that he actually made, you know, you know, after he quit being a f- football pundit. Um, but yeah, over the years, he's, he's definitely gone way, way down the rabbit hole, I think a little bit. So yeah, I think, yes. yeah, if you, if you want to look at, if you look at um, moon landings of David Icke on his website or, 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 or you can just Google it, you, you'll probably come up with some weird and more yeah. wonderful things as well. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. Um and the flat earthers of course they they're tied in quite heavily with the moon landing aren't they? You won't you normally won't find a flat earther who doesn't think that we didn't land on the moon as well who doesn't hate NASA. Yeah. Um you've had a few interactions with them over your time? My, um most of mine have been on social media to be honest with you. I've not I don't I haven't really taken part in any debates on on the, on any live streams about that. Um a few other different things but yeah a lot of a uh, lot, lot of flat earthers I mean most flat earthers um, are moon uh, moon landing deniers, but yeah. not all moon landing deniers are flat earthers. So no. um, yeah. yeah, I think you, you, they're going to, of course, deny that it actually happened uh, naturally. Sure. Because if they admit that it did happen, then their whole argument falls apart. Yeah, um, you know. So, um, where does our friend Ranty stand on that, cats? The moon landing. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. He's not. Not a fan of the moon landing. I think he's. Um, I've not spoken to him in depth about it, but I think. Yeah, he he struggles to. Uh, I. I don't think he thinks it's impossible. I don't think he thinks that we can't go back. I don't, I don't think he thinks that it's. Um, it happened first time around. I think it's going to be quite different to seek truth, speak truth, isn't it? Because as soon as he became, he was not a flat earth anymore. He kind of just got rid of everything, didn't he? With that mm. belief, but I think Ranty's still going to hold on to a few, isn't he? I think so. I think so. And like you said, there is a there, there is a mix. There, there are some people that uh, deny the moon landing, even though they accept everything else. You know, the yeah. Earth is a globe. There, there, there are some people, and uh, there's a line, isn't there? And everybody, everybody has that line in a slightly different position. They do. You know, yeah. when it comes to conspiracies, and- they do. Right. Anyway, Matt, have you heard of the mo- the world famous guess the conspiracy game? I have. Yes. This is the part of the show I'm not looking forward to. Well, you're about <laughs> to play it. So, um, so number one, what's the score? Is it 10-8? It's 10-8 to us, isn't it? Yeah. What, what, what's it a race to? Did we say race to 11? Race to 11. So it's first to 11, right? So if you lose today... Then you are handing victory to myself and cats. Oh, okay. no pressure so that, then. That's the the first thing. My my, my track record of um, <laughs> guessing the ones with the shows before that I've listened to hasn't been particularly great. It's so. not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> no pressure. Then. Um, and uh, the other thing is, I'm going to have to get a jingle for the new game, aren't I, cats? The the scientist game. I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah. As well. I really yeah. Am. Okay. Right. I'll do that. Okay. So here we go. Well, uh, this is the part of the show where cats and I have come up with a fake conspiracy theory each, and we're going to mix it in with a real conspiracy theory. And it's Matt's uh, job to try and pick the the real one in that this is the one that people believe. Okay, bring it on. Bring so here we go. Off. Right, here we go. Number one, maths textbooks give deliberately wrong answers so people do not learn how to do real maths and therefore end up determining that the earth is flat. That's the first one. 
Number two, the ISS sits in a giant studio similar to that in the Truman Show where anti-gravity technology means that even the astronauts themselves don't realise that they aren't in space. That's number two. And number three, academics around the world are purposefully concealing the fact that four simultaneous days occur during a single rotation of Earth rather than just one. Ooh, okay. So, there you go. Uh, now, the mass thing. Yeah. I, I could see that might be a possibility. It sounds a bit wild as well. What was the second one again? Roughly? Second one was the ISIS, ISS sits in a oh, giant yeah. studio similar to the Truman, the Truman Show. Show. There's anti-gravity technology and the astronauts don't themselves don't realise they are not in space. I mean, I've heard the argument, obviously, that people are saying that, that the um, all the recordings and the, the live shows and stuff has been done in a studio somehow in trapezes and stuff. I've heard that before, but I mm. think that would be, in terms of even the astronauts not burning about it, that would be really difficult to yeah. explain away, I think. Really, really quite difficult. So I'm kind of dismiss that one and what was the third one again that third one is academics around the world are purposefully conceding the fact that four simultaneous days occur during a single rotation of the earth rather than just one do you know what that kind of sounds familiar to me oh okay and the and the back reaches of my mind i think i might have heard something like that or something similar to it so I'm going to go with the last one. You go with the last go one. Number, I'm yeah. going to go with number three. Is yeah. that your final answer? That is my final answer. Let's okay. go for it. Here we go. See, I'm I'm now in. I've changed my camera angle, so you can't see what finger is over the color button, whether <laughs> you're, you've got it right or not. So here we go. So you're going for number three. Yep. Yes. He's done it. He has done it. Somehow you have remembered. We're still in there. So. It, ten nine. Ten nine. This is dangerous, cats. This is. We had a massive lead. Oh. Do you know what? I was feeling the pressure? Oh, you did well. You did well. So actually, this is one of the first times I've had to actually look up a real conspiracy theory because we were running out. We we're running out of real conspiracy theories that we've already we've already used, and wow. I didn't want to use one that I'd already used on my channel because you'd probably seen it, possibly. I don't know. So uh, I actually looked researched that one, and I found this one where the academics uh, thought there was four. Simultaneous days. I came up with the ISS one and uh, Katz came up with the maths one. So well done. Well done. Brilliant. Ten, Brilliant. nine. Um, great. <laughs> right. This is worrying now. We need to, we, who have we got next week? Let's see who we've got next week and uh, we can tailor our. Um, well, whoever it is, they've, they've got to get it as well because if they don't, then it's over again, isn't it? It is. Or yeah, is it? It is. yeah, yeah, it's over. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me just check who we've got. Oh, actually, it might be. Oh, it's the, uh, it's the science of Star Trek, Katz. Oh right! So next week is is uh, Spanners and Matt who are on for the who are on for the Science of Red Dwarf episode. Oh. They got it right in that one, so they've got good form. Ooh. We could it's be in trouble. Tasty. We got we've it's got to get tasty. We've got up our game. Um, anyway, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on. Really appreciate it. Your you 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 gave some great uh, arguments there for. Um, for well, they were they were just as good as our arguments, weren't they? But um, your what you do, what you used to do uh, on your channel is brilliant. I'm really looking forward to the stuff you're gonna you're gonna come out with. Uh, you can you give much. us any details at all on it, or um, what's it called? Yeah, I, was, I was hoping to um, have an intro video um, done a few days ago, but unfortunately, my computer decided to uh, take a dump. 
Okay. Uh, got it. Got it working today. Got my graphics card back from the uh, from the from the company. Okay. Um, but I think I've kind of given away a little bit about what it's going to be about. I think in the show today. So um, what's the? Can you give the channel name? M2M. M2M. Okay. So yeah, we'll put, I've, we'll put... already, I've already changed the name on the channel. But okay. I haven't really uh, rebranded it okay. at, at the moment. Cool. But I've kind of given away what it's going to be about today or already. already yes, so, you have. Yeah. Um, well, we'll yeah, link it in the description. Easy. We'll pop the we'll pop the, the awesome. link to the channel Thank description. You so um, and you're on Twitter as well, aren't you? Is it at? Uh, it, it's at the moment. It's still Casual Spaceman. At okay. The moment. So yeah, on, on Twitter as well as, as Casual Spaceman. Cool. That'll be renamed at some point as well. Okay. Good stuff. Um, probably in the next day or two. So hopefully, yeah, look out on the channel and then um, I'll, I'll be doing an entry video just explaining what it's going to be about and stuff a little bit more detail and stuff like that so um, and then hopefully soon after that we'll get stuck into things perfect perfect yeah. looking forward to it um yeah. cats thanks very much Thank again uh anything you got anything you. Good, good coming up this week um <coughs> no <laughs> i have no <laughs> no i haven't he's still winging it still no he's, winging he's it. living <laughs> off uh, he's, he's living off he's living off last week's uh epic week aren't you so i've done a video now so you won't see me again for another yeah, month that's I'm, it I'm yeah gone. Um, what have I got? I've got um, I've got something on Friday which I should know because I've already filmed it, but I can't remember. Uh, nope, it's completely gone. I don't even know what I filmed, and I did it this morning. That's great, isn't it? Uh, so there we go. Thanks very much. Uh, as I said, next week it's Science of Star Trek, uh, so we're going to go through a little bit like we did uh, with Science of Red Dwarf. We're going to go through the possibilities of it, of it, of it. Uh, existing as a science and stuff like that it should be good fun um i'm a, i'm a next generation guy i don't know about you cats what a... I, I like generation i did like that i did like uh, deep space nine when it got to the latter series where the war you know they were all yeah. in the war it got a little bit darker yeah. I, I like that okay cool well we'll get stuck into that anyway thanks very much for watching uh hope you have the uh, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you next time goodbye thank you bye see you